Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. I'm your host, Demi Lynch, and today we are looking at the world of intersectional feminism with a fabulous guest, someone that you definitely know their Instagram handle and you've definitely seen their hilarious Tinder bios. It is the one and only Tinder Translators. Yes, I have her on the show to talk with me about some news stories, topics in the world of intersectional feminism. So what can you expect exactly on this episode? Well, we spoke about the highly problematic TV show that is coming soon called The Activist, where apparently you have to come up with a trendy issue for you to get fundings with by creating a social media platform that gets the most likes and shares. More on that in a moment. And also on today's episode, we'll be looking at men on Tinder and how many of them seem to claim they're doms and are into BDSM. Whereas, really, like, honey, if we were to speak to you about what are your aftercare methods, you would not know what the hell you're talking about. So yes, we're going to look in that into a moment on how it is really dangerous that so many men out there seem to think that they are into BDSM when they do not know a thing or two about kink. But yes, I think it's time we head on over to the interview with the fabulous woman behind Tinder Translators, Aileen Barrett. Aileen, Tinder Translators, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. I have been a fan of yours for so long. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. And thanks for being a fan, I suppose. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so... As a professional opinion haver for Tinder translators, <laughs> that is what I like to call the people that come on here, professional opinion havers. We I gonna, love that. Thank you. We are going to talk <laughs> about the latest news stories in the world of intersectional feminism this week. And the first one is something that you recently shared on your Instagram stories. And it's something mm-hmm. that everyone is talking about because it is so problematic those of you that don't know what the hell I'm talking about, pretty much there is this new show coming out and it's called The Activists. And it's essentially this reality competition series that features the host Usher, Pranka Chopper Jonas and Julianne Hugh. Those that might not know Julianne Hugh, she infamously did a blackface of uh, Uzo Oduba from Orange is the New Black. Just, you know, in case you need to know how yeah. great of a person she is to be hosting a show called The Activists. But anyway, there's pretty much this reality TV series, which has given me like um, apprentice vibes kind of thing. It's pretty much activists go head to head to create the most, I guess, palatable activism campaign. And it just seems to be like if you get the most online engagement or if you get the most, I don't know, fucking TikTok likes or Facebook shares, apparently you get more donations. And... My dear, what are your thoughts on this? Because this is just, this this seems like an idea that came out of someone's brain in like a year five class. And they were just like, oh, come up with a, come up with a TV show during recess right now. This is your homework or something like that. I feel like it's kind of like something you would do with children in a school. And that would be a nice thing. Like, try, come up with your own campaign and, you know, put it on Facebook and, you know, see how many likes and stuff you get and, the the boat the biggest the people who raise the most money or whatever win like that that seems like that's fine in a school 
mm-hmm. you know that's great good that's good fine um but yeah so it's based um it's not even just donations though there is a there is a prize fund i think but i'm just going to read you what's on the cbs website this is the the um the channel in the usa that's going to be airing it uh-huh. about the about the activist one thing that se- seems more clear than ever planet earth is a singular village demanding if not relying on individual engagement first of all i mean there's so much to unpack in that one <laughs> sentence but we'll just read it all anyway yeah, um, yeah. from from the global citizen movement comes an awe-inspiring look at what can come of it come of engagement i suppose mm. um the activist pairs advocates from the worlds of health, education, and the environment with famous figures in a series of competitions that'll take the winners and their ideas for seismic world change to the G20 summit in Italy. So the winners get to speak at the G20. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot. It's just that's a lot, a lot mm-hmm. to unpack in that, in that. But I think the the um the thing that really stood out to me was um, the planet planet Earth is a singular village relying on individual engagement. I mean, the use of the word engagement, which is a kind of social media buzzword, right? Mm-hmm. And also individuals. So this is very, so I don't know, maybe they'll be doing campaigns to say, like the climate change one will be like, 70% of greenhouse gases are admitted by, are admitted by big corporations. So let's tax them and like, makes shit illegal that they're doing but doubt that's going to be the vibe of the show Mm. so it's you know and if it is about individuals you know focusing on the individual of course I don't think I don't think some people kind of just go like stop focusing on the individual I think that can be disempowering you know there are things we can do and there are choices that we can make that if we all kind of make them collectively are powerful including what corporations we buy from but I just think it's like like obviously very focused on social media it it says that they're going to be measured on social media metrics like whoever gets the most likes it's like that's that's I mean online activism is a valid form of activism and lots of people can't go out and and campaign and and they do loads of brilliant work from you know don't like the keyboard warrior phrase there's a lot of people on their keyboards making change but clicking a like and sharing something is sort of like you know that's not that can't replace activism that's great let's raise awareness but yeah it's just oh all kinds are wrong <laughs> yeah and if it's determined by social media it obviously what people share what people like is reflected on what they are liking at the time what's trendy at the time mm-hmm. so for example like several months ago everyone was talking about palestine no mm. one has spoken about Palestine in so long. Mm-hmm. And then um, just a couple of weeks ago, we'll talk about Afghanistan. I've barely heard any reportings about Afghanistan recently, I must say, compared to a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. So what does that mean then when you're having all these campaigns about all these different topics, if events and issues, some of them are going to be quote unquote trendy and some of them aren't. And what, because a certain issue is no longer trendy, that means that issue those people like real fucking people affected by this issue they're not going to get any funds at all and and yeah because the thing is there are certain issues that are more palatable to the audiences that people know more about so i don't know like for example breast cancer everyone knows Mm -hmm. 
everyone knows the basis of breast cancer awareness. Like, you know, you see the pink water bottles, you have breast cancer awareness month, stuff like that. But then for example, there is stuff like, you know, other different types of cancers or even heart disease, you know, that doesn't have as much of a familiarity compared to say breast cancer and stuff like that. So it's just, it sucks that it just all depends on what's trendy or what's quote unquote a sexy Mm -hmm. issue. And it just, I hate that. I hate that so much. I think, yeah, it's it's like also like what has the branding because I think that Mm. breast cancer awareness has been branded really well. And that's that's not a hate thing. That's that's great. You need to be aware of breast cancer and, you know, but something like bowel cancer is harder Mm. to brand. Yeah. The thing about things trending is really interesting actually because, yeah, like you say about Palestine, I, I... um I've kind of almost posted about it a few times because the way that people were coming for people that I know on Instagram who aren't like don't have activist accounts they're not political saying like you have to post about this how dare you not post about this you don't care Mm. and like I was like you're not going to be but when this goes out of the news you're not going to be doing this anymore Mm -hmm. you weren't doing this a month ago you know, people get kind of peer pressured into talking about things that they don't understand sometimes um, and sometimes overstepping into areas that they don't have expertise on. Um, but, you know, it's like you have to post about this because everyone's posting about it. And that's actually something that I'm trying to really like reel back in for myself, like to be aware. Um, you know, I mean, like I did a post, I did a post about I, that was like a fundraiser for um in Africa, the charity that's on the ground in Afghanistan, um, but um, trying to share things with people that are actually educated rather than just blah, 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 blah. Although, as you say, I am a professional opinion haver and I like that very much. <laughs> um, I'm going to definitely use that. Um, yes, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, but, but it's, yeah, the trending thing, like you say, things that, it says health, um, education and environment, I think. Education, like, it's actually quite unsexy to try and sell. Like, it's so fucking important, but it's actually quite, like, t- tricky to sell, you know, just like, same with health. Health, I feel like the environment one's going to win just on the basis of, like, the, the visuals. Like, social media is so much about the visuals as well, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, a str- it's such a strange concept, the whole thing. I mean, it, it is, like, it's kind of the the way things were going, um, the way that activism has been like memeified by social media, um, and you know, and a lot of people get their like education from Instagram. I'm always saying to people, please go and like read the actual news as well, because there's so many accounts that post like facts that aren't true. Like they, they're not in a bad way. They're not trying to trick you. They just got something wrong, and then people like re tweet it and blah 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 so it's just kind of like yeah more like celebrities instead of experts um being like the faces of things that actually are really complex and maybe we could just do with listening to some experts about so yeah mm-hmm. yep awkward and also all the money that's being put into this show and to for example pay these hosts like these hosts will be getting yeah. like hundreds of thousands maybe even millions of dollars to host mm-hmm. this show all that money could just go to these charities or go to these causes. Mm-hmm. There doesn't need to be a big show about it. Instead of paying mm-hmm. all that money for this goddamn show, 
just put it towards some causes. Like, I think that is something that is an issue nowadays. Like, if you do do some form of activism, if you do, like, you know, donate to a charity or anything like that, you have to showcase it to the world. And mm-hmm. and obviously I do understand that because then because there's some people that, you know, like, for example, some influencers that have platforms that aren't political, like you said, if they don't showcase it to the world, then people say to them, oh, why are you not speaking about this particular issue? Mm-hmm. But it just sucks that there has to be a show where it just it just cheapens activism. It just cheapens the whole mm-hmm. people fighting for these causes. And the thing is, there are people all around the world that are imprisoned, that are jailed, that are even murdered for fighting for certain causes. Like, for mm-hmm. example, there are journalists in Afghanistan right now that have been beaten because they were working with the military. Like, it's there's mm-hmm. just activism isn't all like you know pretty pretty like you know on instagram people are dying people are dying for causes people being ostracized by their homes and countries like it's not it's not the fucking hunger games it's not a tv show it's not at the apprentice it's not um oh what's that show called where like people come up with this um oh my god what is it called i watch it all the time dragon's den yes that's it that's it Yeah. yeah I don't know how you got that from me going and flapping my arms, but yes, that's you it. You said when people, well, well, it's you said where people come up with, and I don't, yeah, yes. I don't know how I got it either, actually. Yes, <laughs> well done, well done. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm happy with that. But yes, it's just <laughs> why they they're just cheaping it. I don't like it. Mm. I think that's a really important point that that like activism often costs people, especially people in the global south, um, their lives. Or their freedom, and um, and and that this, I, is almost going to give the people on the show something, you know, give them like, well, well, it's going to give them a fucking someone's going to give them a fucking speech at the UN, and I, um, I saw a post by Aja Barber, who I don't know if you follow, she's based in the UK, um, she's an American woman who talks a lot about consumerism and sustainability in fashion, brilliant follower, she's also got a book coming out, um she was saying that like if they use people like activists from the global south that will be in really bad taste but also if they don't that'll be in really bad taste so they're like whatever they do they're like it's not it's not going to feel right you know if they you know fly someone in from from sudan to do like tiktok challenges do you know what i mean it's going to be like really but also if it's just like all americans like middle class moneyed americans it's also going to feel really odd so but i think yeah like um what you said about the money as well like the money that's being spent on it but also the money that's going to be made from it there's going to be ads so you're going to have this thing of like you know like whatever someone's campaigning about the environment and then there's going to be an ad for amazon or coca-cola or bloody shell for all we know you know like and, and i bet they'll be targeted i bet they'll be They'll, they'll, the brands will do the greenwashing type ads and they'll want to place them in those adverts like we, we do clean coal or I don't know whatever you know what I mean so like it's actually it's not just that they're spending money like and because they wouldn't be making this show out of the goodness of their heart oh god like no. I don't you know they're gonna make money from it mm-hmm. um like even if the celebrity hosts weren't getting paid it you know obviously it's gonna cost a lot of money just to make a show like that I'm sure it'll be really like shiny and spangly and you know high production values and everything I mean it'll be interesting you know it's 
I wonder though, like, am I going to watch it just because I want to know what? It, so maybe they're just very clever, and we're all going to watch it just to hate it, and then they're going to get really high viewing rates and get money from their advertisers. So I think we have to put our uh, viewing where our mouth is and not not give it the time of day, really, because it's it's actually kind of great publicity for them and all of this. But also, it's important to talk about it. So <laughs> catch twenty two. Yeah, it's hard to try and find that um, perfect even there like you know you want to talk about it because it's an issue but you don't want to talk about it so much that you're literally just promoting them and helping people get aware of their show mm-hmm. so, yeah that's a I think we've cast it out enough like I feel like we've put yeah. it down enough I think we've done it we've done fine <laughs> I think we've done a good job yes yeah. so listeners out there do not watch this show if you must know <laughs> what happens just go on Twitter or Instagram and just have a scroll through but don't watch the show don't give them the viewings it's just, if you need some reality TV, there's plenty of other type of competition reality shows. Plenty, too much, plenty. Mm. Mm. I recommend the Great British Sewing Bee for some wholesome. Um, there's yeah. a sewing show. I beg your pardon. Yeah, it's got like seven series, I think. No, maybe that's not. But yeah, it's a great. Like it's the, basically the same format as Bake Off, almost exactly the same format, but yeah. it's Great British Sewing Bee. I don't know how, but I only this month I discovered Bake Off and it is just the most beautiful thing I've ever watched in my entire life. Why is it so wholesome? Like we have, there is that many bloody cooking shows, especially in Australia. Oh my God, we love a good cooking Mm -hmm. show. Nothing beats (laughs) British Bake Off. Like, um, oh, and who was the man with the beautiful ocean eyes? Who was that man? I just love him so much. Um, um, Oh, Paul Hollywood. Paul Hollywood. Like... His voice is just so <laughs> soothing. Just when he talks about any type of food, it's just so soothing. It's just like that's so funny. I love him. It's just I... like he's just like that. It's like that's really funny. He's. I mean, I don't find his voice. I mean, it's fine, but I don't find it particularly soothing. But yeah, I find him quite annoying actually. But you know, where where are you? Are you starting from the beginning, or are you? I'm just like... watching clips throughout YouTube. I haven't been able to find oh, a place in Australia. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I need to start from the beginning. I need to. Like... No, no, no. You don't. I just want like the the joy of Bake Off is mm. that right? So I I I I got into it late. Like I think probably like season eight or something. I was, but that was millions of years ago. I was in work and people kept talking about it. I was just like, who wants to watch people baking? It sounds so fucking boring. But you know when people keep talking about it. And then I was flicking the channels back in the day when people used to flick channels, mm-hmm. which I don't really ever do anymore. And it was on, so I like, I just watch it. And then I was like, oh my god, I care about this so much. I need this cake to rise for this person. <laughs> and um, but the beauty of it is that, like, from the beginning, like there's these twelve people, and you're like, oh, that one's a bit annoying. That one's nice. And by the end, you're like, I love you. I love you so much. I want you to win. I want you to know that you're a good baker. <laughs> like, you get so emotionally invested in it. It's like the kind of I hate the like how much we use the word journey. It's like a journey along the way, oh, you know. Def- oh yes. But um, but yeah. So like the clips, are, the clips are great. But uh, I can't. I would be very surprised if you couldn't get it anywhere in Australia. Like surely. Okay. Um, I'm trying to yeah. think. 
I'm trying because I have pretty much every single streaming thing because I have no life and I just live on TV right now. I'm trying to think where I could get it in Australia. <laughs> if not, I'm just going to go to my JB Hi-Fi and see if they got old seasons because I've mm-hmm. I've just been watching lots of clips, especially the celebrity ones. That is just my oh, favorite yeah. thing. Like, who was it? There was this comedian and he says the best line ever. He's just like, started baking, had a breakdown, bought appetite. Oh, that just... James A. Custer. He's one of my faves. I love he's him. He's such a great, he's, he's, I'm, I love him. So much. I need that on yeah. a shirt. Like that's just me living my life on a day-to-day basis. It's just having a breakdown after bacon, but I'm going to eat it because that's how <laughs> I'm going to manage my life. Anyway, yeah. we got distracted. We somehow went from an activist show to Pool Hollywood to then baking and having a breakdown after baking. But mm-hmm. if there are any listeners out there in Australia, if you know where the hell to get Great British Bake Off, at any Australian streaming services. And also, what was the show you mentioned? There was a sewing one? So Great right. British Sewing Bee. So right. the, the sewing great, bee. great British Bake Off used to be on BBC, but then uh-huh. it's the ones you're probably watching is Channel 4 because that's when they had the celebrity ones. Um, oh. But, um, which is great. I enjoy it very much. But, um, yeah, so they used to have different hosts. Although Paul Hollywood is, is the... Um, is the one who's always there so don't do not fear um but yeah uh so but then i could so i couldn't imagine so a lot of bbc stuff's on netflix and stuff but yeah the great british sewing bee i don't know who who presented it uh in the earlier series if it was him but it's presented by a british comedian called joe lysett as well who's oh i know that name great yeah he's great let's just be honest here the the brits you guys get the best tv shows ever you guys get the best TV shows, I have to say. Completely mm-hmm. completely off topic from what we're talking about. Yes, from Activist Show. But <laughs> Britain gets the best TV shows. There's another show I've discovered, and I cannot remember the name, what it is called, but basically there's a bunch of celebrities and they have Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Oh my gosh, I've only recently just got my boyfriend to introduce me to this. And I was like, looks a bit like looks a bit weird. And then it's so great it's I've so great never laughed so much in my life listeners out there if you need a laugh it's like like it's like the laugh that you not only cry you get like pain in your chest you're like screaming in laughter it's the funniest funniest i just no words it's just the funniest show yeah <laughs> i love it so much please keep watching it it's so great anyway we have to go to the topic we actually were going to talk about in the second segment before we just, I just keep going on and on about British TV because it's just bloody fabulous. The second topic we have to talk about is something that you love to talk about a lot on your Instagram page, Tinder Translators. And it is about, uh, it is about men on Tinder and how they seem to not understand kink and BDSM. And when I was back in my single days and I was on Tinder a lot, oh my God, that many times I would go through men's bios on Tinder or whatever dating apps and it'd be like, oh my God, I love to choke girls or I love BDSM. Talk talk to me about this issue. Why is it an issue that so many men seem to think that they are so kinky and they're part of BDSM community Mm. when it's just like... Honey, no, 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 no. So, uh, it takes yeah. a lot to, yeah. Mm. I don't think they really realise that there is a BDSM community. They don't know that that's the thing. They don't understand that these, like, more um, kind of kinky 
apps came from a, a place where where people also talk about consent and communication and safe words and um setting up scenes before you go into them like on all this kind of stuff um and where people vet each other and warn each other about other you know like possible people who might abuse you know the position of being a dharma or whatever um what they know is the kind of I mean, a lot of people in the BDSM community rue the day that Fifty Shades of Grey ever like darkened the door of popular culture because uh... that made. And I've not read or, or seen them, but you know that brought in basically like some of the BDSM stuff and like in a really unhealthy, like non necessarily like communicative consensual way. But I think that brought stuff into the mainstream, that acts into the mainstream without all the other stuff that makes it safe and fun and empowering for a lot of people but also like with hair pulling spanking uh choking which i have decided that i'm going to refuse to call it just call it strangulation from now on because that's what it is and is it a sexy when you call it that no so hmm. and that's not to judge anyone it's just that i've learned more and more about how fucking dangerous it is that's it's probably one of the most dangerous i mean there's a lot of bsm like practitioners communities sex dungeons um, that don't allow it because it's it's just so dangerous and then it's become just mainstream so I've done polls on my account where I've asked like has has you been choked without being asked if you you know before um and about 60 percent of people said uh, most most of whom are women said yes I had this kind of discussion about the kind of acts that you're expected to like or even not like just do um and that you're kind of coerced into and often I mean and there was there's a highlight on my page called not BDSM which is like there's a it's a lot actually it's a content note for a lot of kind of basically sexual violence but under the guise of kink I've got a post that says you're not kinky you just like hurting women um and it is basically like that and I think partly it's because from like the age of 11 or whatever boys have porn in their pocket well we all have porn in our pockets and but the kind of porn that you're that you have easy access to is the mainstream straight male pleasure focused you know jackhammering hair pulling like degrading often porn like the, the porn that degrades women and boys are seeing it and girls are seeing it and so that's what they think sex is and that's what they think they should enjoy and I feel sad for little for boys as well because I think a lot of boys don't ever get to explore what actually gives them pleasure you know they're just kind of performing as well but I feel sad for girls because they don't like get to orgasm <laughs> or enjoy it half the time and there are so many women who've been like basically guilted into or convinced to do things that they didn't want to do because they want to be exciting for men and it's just like yeah there's so many guys on tinder who are like I'm a dom it's like no you're not you're not a fucking dumb shut up you're just a dickhead like because if you ask them if you kind of like go in and ask them how do you like look after your sub like what what kind of aftercare what's your aftercare routine because in BDSM you do your thing and then you have aftercare like how do you need to be cared for after it and you make sure it was all okay with everyone you know if they can't answer that, then they're not a fucking dumb. They don't know what they're doing. 
Um, and also if they're on Tinder saying they're a dom, they're probably not a dom. Like this is about men finding women who will submit to acts, sex, sex acts that they want to perform. And it's really scary because it's just so normalized. So I try and post quite a lot about it. Just so that people know it's not, you don't have to like that. And I think a lot of people, there's so many, and, and women perpetuating it too, you know. Um, and, and it might be because they like it, but it becomes this kind of mainstream thing where it's like, oh, I just want like, I just want a relationship with light choking and heavy laughter or whatever. And it's like, lol, lol, you know, like, 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 and say, okay, fine. But that's, that's like what's, you can't say like, I just want a relationship with no strangulation and lots of laughs. And you're like, oh my God, you're so dull. Don't you understand? It's just fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I find it, I find it scary and also like, but empowering to talk about. And I think it's, it's really important to talk about. Yeah, I think it is really vital to talk about, especially because, yeah, there are a lot of women that are getting injured through this because with choking, like people, anyone in the BDSM community will say when you are choking someone, if it is part of the play, when you're with a partner or with partners, you have to do it a certain way. If you have the hand, say, at the wrong angle of the neck, that is extremely hazardous and really, really dangerous. Like, it, there's mm-hmm. a certain method of doing it. Like, for example, with rope play, there's a certain method of doing things to keep people safe. And, like, I have several friends that are very much in the BDSM community, and they are all about, throughout the entire process, you have to just make sure the person is okay because what's the what's the point in having sex with someone, or not even having sex, just having this time with this person if they're not having fun like that's what i don't understand with these men Mm. they're all that's the concerning part is that they're not they're not worried about if the woman is having fun or she's enjoying herself it's just about i want to be able to hurt her and i want her Mm. to not be able to say no and Mm. and yeah and i do agree what you said like if someone says on tinder oh i'm a don i'm a dom no you're not honey no (laughs) People in the kink community are not like that. Like, that's just like, that is some, that is just, no, no, honey, no. And as, and as well, it puts pressure on people that if they don't like BDSM or kink or any stuff like that, they get called vanilla, they get called boring, they get called prudish. And it's just like, you don't have to like that stuff. And then Uh also at the same time, it then also gives a really bad rep for people in the BDSM kink community because it makes them be seen as like oh they have violent people that just wants to hurt people it's just like no they're probably the people that have the most communication when it comes to sex and out of anyone like they are all about (laughs) communication and all and also not just about orgasming it's never about orgasming it's about like actually doing something for someone and as you said with aftercare because i i i bet you any one of those men that are just like oh i'm a dom they would have no idea what aftercare is. They'd be like, oh, what? Is it just wiping the cum off my dick? Is that what you mean? <laughs> That's what they would probably think aftercare yeah. is. Just like, oh, getting the cum off my dick. Oh, it's just, it's just it's such bullshit. I think the vanilla thing is really important. I've got another post that's just like vanilla is fucking delicious. Vanilla used to be a term to differentiate between like kinky sex and not kinky sex, like kind of normal sex or whatever. But it's not, it didn't used to be, I mean, some people might have been derogatory about it for, for all time, I'm sure, because people 
are derogatory and judgmental about other people's you know desires and needs sometimes but mm. it didn't used to be a negative it's just like a differentiation and the idea that like kinky sex is hotter you're being boring if you don't want to do bdsm which by the way the people who think you're boring for not wanting to do bdsm also don't want to do bdsm they just want to do things like slap you around the face that's not bdsm that's as we've said <laughs> like there's a context in which that could be but the idea that like vanilla sex can't be like fucking hot and like steamy and like super 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 exciting you know is really sad like it's super sad like I was watching For My Sins this series of Love Island which I stopped watching halfway through on um in the UK and there's a bit where it's like what's her favorite sexual position was one of them and uh, two of the women said missionary and I was like yes girl I love missionary you know nothing wrong with a bit of missionary Mm -hmm. and one of the boys was like what girls here like boring sex and I was just like what it just shows you like what you kind of sex that this guy likes it's a real shame that that's vanilla's becomes like it's basically the new frigid like that's what people used to call you when I like I was younger if you didn't want to have sex that was just for not wanting to have sex let alone not wanting to do this other stuff mm-hmm. um, yeah exactly. but it's just yeah like if sex you know sex is is about even if you know even if it's casual it's about connection and feeling good and mutual pleasure as you say why would you why would you want to have sex with someone who who wasn't enjoying it like yeah I could talk about this for a very long time oh no that's okay that's okay I'm very (laughs) very passionate about it as well because it'd be like it'd be like if say you know I was to say to some random guy I just met on tinder or like literally like as we're just about to have sex and be like oh I really really like um pegging people oh because Mm -hmm. I because I like to peg people that means you have to let me do it but mm. oh 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 you don't like to be pegged oh that means you're very vanilla oh you're not you're not that fun in bed then you're not that good in bed then if you don't like pegging like you know what mm-hmm. I mean like yeah women never ever do that to a guy when they say like you know like oh you have to do this type of act in bed because I like it and if you don't do it then you're not quote unquote sexy enough or sexually mm-hmm. advanced enough. The thing that I find uh, worrying or scary when I think about it is like why do these men want to do this if it's not pleasurable, if it's not mutual pleasure? Um, even when somebody um, likes something, when you when there's somebody does it to you without asking, that's a red flag. Like even if you do like it, because they didn't know that. So say spanking or whatever, they hit you, they're hitting you um, and you've not asked for it and they've not asked you if you like it. Um, and so it's not about your pleasure. That is a very different thing if it's about your pleasure and you've expressed like, you like a little bit of pain with your pleasure or, you know, like this this is nice. So you say, I'll do this. Um, you know, I always feel, I feel like self-conscious, you know, when I ask for something in bed, that's just like kind of normal. So I'm like, but also don't do it if you don't want it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just like be like, no, harder. And then be like, but only if that's how you also feel. <laughs> like, or whatever. Um, but these things, yeah, just doing these things without being asked to is like a really, like, why do you, why do you want to do that? Why does that give you pleasure? 
it's it's about the person who's being choked, not about the choking. But this mm. these guys are like, oh, I like choking people. Like that's you like strangling women. That's what you're. That's what you like because it's nothing to do with her pleasure. You don't even understand why people did this in the BDSM community. All right, I feel like we could probably talk about this topic for hours upon hours upon hours mm-hmm. because. Yeah, Tinder is a very, very interesting world and also a very scary world. So, yes, any young listeners out there that this is something that's just been like a light bulb moment for you, please remember this conversation when you're talking to a guy on Tinder or you're on a date with a guy, you're about to have sex with a guy. You don't have to like choking. You're not going to be a bad person in bed because you don't like you don't like it when a guy wants to strangle you. Like, really think mm. about. And I do like what you said. Or, it's, I do yeah, like or what, pull your hair, or, or yes, you don't have you, to like pulling your on hair. you, or oh my God, like yes. any of those things. You mm-hmm. know, like or calling you like degrading names. None of those things are a thing that you have to like. And if you like them, great. Yeah. If someone doesn't you without you asking and telling you you like them, then also think about that because. Although you might like it, maybe it's not a great sign about that man who mm. thinks that that's what he can do to women without knowing it's pleasurable for them. So, And also another thing, because this is something I didn't think I was allowed to not in- like when I was younger. It is okay if you don't want to swallow their cum. I have Ugh. to say, because when I was younger, I was told, oh, no, 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 you have to, you have to. Otherwise, otherwise it's gross. It's it's mean to them. It's um embarrassing for them if you have to spit it out and all this type of stuff. It's okay if you don't like it. It's okay. Or if yeah. you just don't want to. You well, it's okay if it don't come in your mouth. Yes. You don't have to have it in your mouth at all. Yes. It's like, move out the way, do a little bit of... <laughs> you know hand hand work yeah God. honestly yeah so yes at the point just yeah don't do anything in the bedroom you don't want to do because yeah you're worth you're you're worth more than some stupid guy on the internet that thinks he's top shit that thinks he's apparently a dom hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So I think to best conclude this episode, we are going to share our highlights and lowlights of the week. I think this is a good way for us to sum up our interesting weeks in and out of lockdowns in and out of pandemic and <laughs> yes, on the world of social media. So my dear, what we'll start with uh, the lowlights. Um, so probably my lowlight is our home secretary, Pretty Patel, like proudly saying that she's going to have boats migrant boats turned back from like from coming into britain and that's what's happening here at the moment there are boats from calais trying to get across the the um british channel and basically she's trying to force them back into french waters 
and like just thinks that's fine because we've done Brexit and now we can just contravene people's human rights. Yay, Britain, patriotism. After saying that we're going to take 20,000 Afghans over four years, don't think, I don't think most of them can wait four years. We're saying, oh, we're going to turn the boats back because the Afghans on those boats, they're not the ones we said we'd take. And other people from other places who are refugees, we don't care about them. So, yay, Britain. Well done, everybody. Yeah, that is something that uh, Britain and Australia have very much in common. We have uh, yes. some very, very uh, fucked up leaders in our in our countries Mm -hmm. for example our pm has a little boat statue on his desk that was given to him as a reward of stopping the boats from australia because apparently Mm. that is an achievement to him yeah Mm. i've seen that it's absolutely gross we don't have offshore we don't have like an offshore island where we hold people but we do have um detention centers that is what they're called because we can't call them prisons, because you can't imprison someone who hasn't committed a crime, but you can detain them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's so much, again, something we could talk about, I'm sure, for a million years. The uh, <laughs> fucked up immigration policies of our countries. Uh, uh, you're welcome for us, Britain, sending white people to Australia to fuck you up as well. Great. Woo! Right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, no, you're th- welcome. Thank you. thank you for that. That's just we, that is our gift to the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, literally to the world. The yes. Gift, the gift world. that keeps on taking. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. The gift anyway. that keeps the gift that keeps on stealing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. My low light of the week. Oh my god. Um, I would have to say. You know what? My low light of the week is the fact that Australia just seems to be getting shittier and shittier with these bloody COVID cases. And what's happening in Melbourne and Sydney right now, it's just so, so bad. Like people are just, the, the cases are just going up higher and higher and people are in lockdowns for weeks, some even months. Like it's just not getting better. And I'm just sick of the government just being all just like, oh, you just need to get vaccinated. It's just like, some people have to wait weeks or even months to get bloody vaccinated. It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just like, you know, grabbing a Panadol at the chemist and that'll be it. No, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to get vaccinated. And oh, I just really, really feel for the people that are in lockdown in Australia right now. Now, I want to hear then, what is your highlight of the week? Are there any highlights in Britain right now? Well, it's not in Britain, but I have quite enjoyed... Cara Delevingne and uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez wearing provocative statements to the Met Gala, uh, peg the patriarchy and tax the rich. Um, and I know there's probably like loads of like really intelligent ways to be like, yeah, but they're still like complicit in blah, blah, blah. But I just enjoyed, especially tax the rich, rich at the Met Gala was, um, was very enjoyable to me. So um yeah, and I just love AOC. She can do the wrong in my eyes. But yeah, so that was fun. And I, I partly watched it um, because of your posts and um, Style by Denny. Uh, I was just like, oh, I'm going to watch the live feed. So I stayed up too like, late last night watching that. Um, but it was like very pretty and just fun. Quite, in- yeah, quite a nice distraction. Shiny things. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good distraction of the world. And yes, yeah, Style by Denny, they did such a good 
recap on not only the looks of the Met Gala, but they also did a really good way of just explaining the history of the Met Gala, why people wear such extravagant outfits. So people mm-hmm. out there that aren't following Style by Denny, I would highly recommend following them. They are great. I do want to add, um, so with the Cara Delevingne um, outfit that she wore that did say Peg the Patriarchy, something I did just learn only probably like half an hour ago was that Peg the Patriarchy was started by this woman named Luda Matatas. I, I'm sorry if I'm saying the name incorrectly, but she is the one that started um, Peg, Peg the Patriarchy back in 2015. And there is something a bit sad. Um, her hashtag and her name to that hashtag, which she has copyrighted, it wasn't mentioned on the runway on the red carpet, which I was a bit disappointed in. But then again, I only just learned about it. So mm-hmm. obviously, like... It, it does suck because there is that whole thing about s- small artists and not getting yeah. the recognition they deserve. But I really do hope now that, you know, Cara Delevingne's um, outfit is out into the world with Peg the Patriarchy. And if people know where that name comes from, hopefully this can give Luna a lot of recognition that she deserves. Because that quote is iconic. Peg the Patriarchy. Yeah, for sure. Flipping love it. I love it so it's much. It's great. So for my highlight of the week, Firstly, one of them was definitely in the Met Gala because I've been looking forward to that for so bloody long. For two years we've been waiting and I just enjoyed every second of it. So that's definitely is one. But I think my key highlight of the week is the fact that I am fully vaccinated. I've had my two dosages. I'm fully vaxxed. Oh, it feels so good. I always felt invincible just like walking out of the health center. <laughs> just like, oh yeah, I can take on the world. Oh yeah. It just felt, it also just felt nice just knowing that I'm on like the right side of history and that those scientists, those experts that worked their bloody asses off trying to come up with these things, trying to come up with these vaccines and then the brave, incredible people that volunteered to test out the vaccines all these, all these months ago. Uh-huh really appreciate all of them and like just to be able to like be at the end of that journey I don't hate the word journey but be at the end of that journey just to be (laughs) like I'm like I just I just appreciate all the steps that it had to take to that take to me actually getting the second vaccination dosage and I did I so I do I do have to admit the for the, the past day or two I was feeling a bit drowsy a bit sleepy and just a bit nauseous but I kind of was expecting that. And also at the same time, I was just like, I heard somewhere that like, yeah, if you get sick, it really means that like, you know, your immune system is really working at it. And I feel fabulous now, but yeah, like I think it was like just the the first day or two, I just felt a bit drowsy, but if if that's what I have to feel to be, what is it? 95, 96%, whatever it is, chance of not getting COVID-19, then that's fine that's fine yeah God, jesus christ that's fine so absolutely yeah so yeah that was very exciting yeah it just felt really good just to be feeling like i'm at the end of my personal journey with covid obviously 100 percent is not because the effects of covid of economic yeah social wise but it just felt nice to just yeah feel a little bit more safer which is always good yeah for sure yeah no it is a good feeling like uh, the the one thing that our government has done really well here is roll out the vaccine like every like everyone who wants it over 18 has had it now basically um at least one dose um and yeah so uh 
yeah so that's that's really good um but it does feel good to know like I'm going to like I went to a Hindu a, a little while ago um and everyone there was double vaxxed I think um and we'd all done tests you know before as well but um it just makes you feel like a bit more relaxed and like not you don't feel so worried about you transmitting it to people you know right right like, like catching it okay but like if I gave it to people I would feel so awful so you know I think it is it is nice to know that that's all you've done what you can um and everybody should get the vax because it makes you feel great and yes. sexy yes get vaccinated people please it is the way it is literally one of the key ways you can help not only yourself not only your family not only your friends but the entire community if you get yourself vaccinated like it's literally uh -huh. the greatest thing you can do right now just to help and end this bloody pandemic which no one is liking right now not a single person is enjoying so get vaccinated that's all i can say <laughs> absolutely I think we do have to finish it there, even though I know we could talk for ages about British television or talk for ages about <laughs> gross men on Tinder or how inadequate our both, both our governments are. I think we do have to finish it oh, there. Yeah. My dear, thank you so, so much for coming on to the today's podcast episode, ranting with me, talking about today's issues in the world of intersectional feminism. I greatly appreciate it and I adore your bloody page. Thank you so much. No, it's been really great. Lovely to talk to you. Um, as you say, could talk about all these things for, forever. Um, but yeah, really, really nice to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. If you're not already and shame on you if you're not please follow Aileen on tinder translators on instagram if you want to read some funny tinder bios if you're in need of some commentary on the problematic disney princesses we have and also the problematic areas of the tinder world definitely give her a follow follow tinder translators i adore it so much and i've been following it for ages so you can imagine how excited i was to finally have Alien from Tinder Translators on the show. If you did enjoy this episode, if you do enjoy the Nasty Woman Club platform, I please ask you, give us a rating, give us a review. All this really, really helps this platform. We are an independent platform, so every share, every like, every comment, it really, really helps grow this platform that I am working my ass on. So everything helps, truly does. But anyway, that is it from me with this week's episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. I'll be in your ears again on Wednesday. I'm your host, Demi Lynch. Stay nasty, everyone. We at the Nasty Woman Club pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. We acknowledge that we are on the stolen lands of the Yarraga and Turbul people, whose sovereignty was never ceded.